Philippians chapter 4, uh, 6 through 7. Do not worry about anything, but in everything be prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through all wordless grace, groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Thank you, Carrie. Good morning, everyone. Anybody else feeling extra awake today now? My name is Jonah. My pronouns are they, them, theirs, and I'm the lead pastor here at Zao MKE. And uh, we are in the middle of a series called Discipline. We are unpacking uh, a number of different disciplines or spiritual practices, these exercises, sometimes they're even called but these habits of people who are seeking God, things that don't just come by chance. Last time we gathered, we talked a little bit about how expecting ourselves to be deeply spiritual without having those practices, that kind of training almost, is like telling ourselves to just wake up and run a marathon tomorrow. And so, as we are facing a new year, 2019, and trying to be alive for it, present for it, if you don't know, the word zao means to be among the living. And so that is always our goal, to be the most alive that we can be on our own, together with one another in community and in relationship to God. And so as we're seeking that fullness of life, that groundedness in the love of God, we know that that's not something that we can expect ourselves just to get overnight. And so we have these practices. Last time we talked about fasting, and I've talked to enough of you to know that some of you did experiment with it. I'm seeing a lot of nods. Anyone want to throw a hand up? Did, did people fast a little bit this past week or a couple weeks? Excellent. Some of you have had really profound experiences. Um, a couple folks, for instance, have said they turned off the news or podcasts as they were commuting to work and found a whole new set of time uh, to be present to God and to the world around them. Another folks, uh, other folks that I've talked to gave up things like coffee and told me they had the worst week of their lives. <laughs> I see you, Addie. So, uh, but that's what this is all about, experimentation, figuring out what works for us. Different practices have different purposes, and they might connect to you differently at different times of your life. This week, we're focusing on prayer. Prayer is a really big topic. Um, and so if ever you go to anywhere or pick up a book or end up at a church where somebody tells you, I'm going to let you know the way to pray as though it's the only way or the definitive way or even just the comprehensive this is all there is way, they are wrong. <laughs> prayer is huge. Prayer is something that we, we dip our toe into and then we wade into deeper and hopefully through the course of our lives we sink into, dive underneath and it shapes how we live and move and breathe and have our being in the God who loves us. So there is no one way to pray, but so many of us hear that, pray, and we're like, how? 
right? Anybody here feel like, I don't really know how to pray, or I'm worried that there's not a, I don't know the right way to pray? Okay. So if you're feeling that way, know that you're not alone, that a lot of us have this, have this question, how do I do it? How do I pray? I know I'm supposed to, but what does that mean? How do I pray? So today we're actually going to unpack four different ways to pray, and I'm going to have some takeaway um, challenges for you to experiment with it in the coming weeks. But before we dig into some of those um, actual tactics for praying, I want to talk a little bit about what prayer is. We see prayer all over the Bible. It's one of the reasons that we have three scripture verses today instead of just one. And it's, it's littered in there. There's one really important passage where Jesus teaches his disciples to pray in a particular way. It's the way that we pray before communion every time we gather. You may be familiar with it, even if you haven't been here before. It's called the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who is in heaven, etc., 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 right? So that's, that's a good one. That's a great passage. And that's one way to learn to pray, is to study that particular prayer. Jesus was inviting his community uh, to, to talk to God in, in a very specific way. But beyond that, we have so many stories of people praying. So many expectations that prayer is just an embedded part of life together in community and in community with God. So this first passage from Mark is describing Jesus. Remember uh, last time we gathered, or if you weren't here with us, we were talking about how if we want to be like Jesus, we can't expect ourselves to just suddenly be like Jesus because even Jesus didn't just be miraculous and kind and generous all the time without these habits and practices built into his life. And prayer is one of those habits. So in the Gospel from, of Mark, we see early in the morning, before the sun had risen, Jesus went away into solitude, physically removed himself from the space that he had been in to spend time with God in prayer. So we see this example of, um, of solitude, perhaps of silence, but we don't know, but certainly some set-apart time Jesus, who was always in communion with God, Jesus, who was connected with God in ways we can't even imagine, even Jesus took time aside to intentionally show up to be present with God. And so that's one of the ways we see it in Scripture. Later in Philippians, we have this passage that encourages us to ask for what we need. This is actually a big theme in Jesus' teachings. Ask and it shall be given to you. Elsewhere he says, it is God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom give you what you need. And so we are encouraged to go to God as we would to a trusted friend or parent and say, this is what I need. This is what's happening. And to ask for God's love, God's intervention, God's support. And then in that last passage from Romans might be my favorite passage about prayer in the whole Bible. It says there are times when we don't know what to pray for or how to pray. And in those moments, the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf. So that's a word that basically means the Holy Spirit prays to God's self as God's self for us. The Spirit of God will pray with us and for us with groans too deep for words, with sighs too deep for words. And so prayer is this, this multifaceted thing. It is time set apart. It is asking God for what we need. 
And sometimes it's beyond words. It's just this longing, this sigh, this depth that we can't even understand. And so God does it for and with us, alongside us. And so one of the things that I immediately take, especially from that last scripture, is that even if we don't know how to pray, God knows how to pray, and God is doing it with us and for us. So like all things with God, this is an invitation. An invitation to join in what God is already doing. An invitation to be a part of this healing practice. An invitation to take time away and reset, recalibrate. But we're not doing it alone, we're doing it with the support of God. And hopefully with the support of one another. Prayer, when I was talking to some of the folks here, um, I think it was at Holy Spirit's, which you'll hear more about in the announcements, but we were having a discussion on prayer, um, or probably a discussion on something else, and prayer came up. But we were talking about prayer as um, a way to spend time. I think uh, somebody actually said, uh, if I had a friend that I couldn't make time for, that wouldn't be a very strong friendship right? As, as people who are seeking God, we're seeking relationship with God. We're not just seeking knowledge about God or, um, or some, you know, checklist salvation from God. We're trying to be known by God. We're trying to know God intimately and personally. And if we want to do that with another human person, we spend time with them. Now, each of us is different, and so the way that we spend time with our loved ones looks really different. And the way that you spend time with the people you love, the way that you feel connected to the people you love, may give you some really good insight into ways of prayer that will work best for you. Are you somebody who loves to have your set coffee date? Because you know, well, I'm gonna see them at that time. And in preparation for it, if something makes you think of this person, you're like, oh, I can't wait to tell them about it when we get coffee then maybe timed prayer might be good for you, setting aside a specific time of the day or week to spend in time or to spend in prayer with God. If you're somebody who just likes to be with other people, maybe not doing as much talking, maybe you're a listener, then maybe meditative prayer might be good for you. Just being present to God, knowing that God is with you, feeling the love of presence, if you're somebody who really just feels better when the people you love are around, then that listening or meditative prayer might be a good place to start. Perhaps you're somebody who has a lot of words. You love to talk or you are constantly sending novel-length texts to your friends. You want to keep them updated. You want to tell them what's on your mind. I'm hearing some giggles. I know some of you are out there. <laughs> then maybe uh, a more word-oriented prayer, petitionary prayer, or journaling would be good for you. Tell God what's on your mind. Tell God what's going on and ask for God's help. Or perhaps you're somebody more physical. Do you like to take walks or hikes with the people you love? Do you connect with people um, through cooking or sports? If you're more in your body, then maybe start where we started with today's testimony, in the body, with body prayer. All of it is just an avenue to depth of relationship with God. So prayer isn't doing something right or wrong. Prayer is finding ways to intentionally be with God, to grow close to God, to hear God, 
to be known by God, to expose yourself to God, and in the process to get to know and hear and listen to and feel the presence of a God who loves you and who made you. So I already kind of alluded to all four of them, but we're just going to talk through, we're going to workshop today. We're going to do some skills, um, and then I'm going to challenge you um, to put them into practice this week. So with your bulletin today, you got a special handout. It says Zalem KE Prayer Week Challenge. People have that? Does anybody need one? All right, we got a couple folks in the back. All right, Mara's going to grab Mara Taylor. We got so many helpful people. All right, so I'll let you know when they come back in with the extras, and we'll make sure that everybody has one. Um, all right, so Taylor's got some for folks who need. Great, just throw up a hand, um, and we've got some people helping out. Great. Uh, and so, Sam, I just want you to throw up that, that first slide, timed prayer. All right, so one method of praying um, is by setting aside specific time. This is a really ancient, tried and true practice. And uh, in the Christian tradition, it comes in part from the Psalms. So the Psalms is a part of our Bible, which is a collection of poems and songs um, that are used in worship. And one of, the, one of the phrases that comes up in the Psalms is like, God, I'm going to paraphrase here. God, you are so awesome. I can't even handle it. I can't handle how awesome you are. I tell you how awesome you are morning, noon, and night. I get up in the middle of the night to tell you how great you are because that's how great you are. And, and like, I'm being extra, but like, I have, I have certainly felt that way about human beings. And I felt that way about parts of creation. And I long to feel that way about God. And this is one of the ways that we can cultivate that, cultivate that practice. So people took that, I, that sentiment, this I praise you morning, noon, and night. I wake up in the middle of the night to praise you. And, and they came up with, in the Christian tradition, the prayer of the hours. The prayer of the hours is praying seven times a day. And one of them legitimately is in the middle of the night. It's a really fun and powerful practice. Um, but it's kind of a full-time job. So most of the people who do it are monks. <laughs> Literally, their full-time job. And they have these seven services a day. I had the privilege of staying a few times, actually, with some monastics who practice this, the Brothers of the Holy Cross in Chicago. They're really wonderful and generous people, and so if you ever did want to stay with them and try out this practice for a few days, I'll, I'll get you the hookup. Um, but, but they build their life around this schedule of waking up early in the morning and gathering together and praying. And then they go about their day, and then they stop, and they gather again, and they pray. And then they go about their day, and then they stop. Over and over and over again so that the rhythm of their day is centered around prayer. And it's a really, really powerful, powerful way to create room in your life for God. It is also very time-consuming and very difficult. Outside of the monastery, I have only ever been able to sustain this practice for about a week. <laughs> and so there are ways of scaling that back and saying, okay, I might not be able to do a full prayer service seven times a day, but what can I do? Um, one Lent, I experimented with this practice um, with a book. It was a compiled book of writings from Thomas Merton Thomas Merton was a monk and a beautiful writer um, and 
And so they, they compiled his writings into a, a book of hours that had four times a day set aside. And, um, and what I would do is in the morning, I would get up and I would spend, you know, not a half an hour, but maybe five minutes in prayer. And then at some point in the middle of the day, another five to ten minutes, and on and on. If this is something that appeals to you, I've actually put together uh, a resource. It's out front, and you can grab it. It just says Zion KU Church Prayer Week on top. But I have um, pulled the writings of many different people. One of the days is Thomas Merton, but we also have Flannery O'Connor on here. I excerpted from um, the, uh, some, some of the Christian mystics. One day it's praying the Psalms. But this is a way of not only taking some time out of your day, here I have it broken down to morning, midday, and night, to pray, but also seeing how other people pray. Across this week of prayers, you can see so many different types of prayer. Um, people are impersonal and casual in some. People are very formal and drawing on tradition in others. And you can see that there is no right or wrong way. And you can see that you can lean on the prayers of others to connect with God, that you don't have to come up with the words if that's not where you're at. And so this is one of the ways to do it, to pick this up or to experiment with something else, um, but to set aside times. Now, if you want to pray along with me and the rest of the community by doing this, fantastic. If you're like, I can do this, but maybe not three times a day, maybe I only want to pray in the morning and at night, or maybe I only want to pray at night, that's fine too. But I would encourage you, if you want to try out timed prayer, to commit to doing it every day, some little moment every day. Often it feels like there's not room in our lives for more, am I right? There's a story about Martin Luther. I don't know if it's real or a myth. Um, but one of the stories is that he used to pray every day for two hours. That's how he would begin. But when he had a really wild day or a day that was going to be really, really challenging, he would pray for four. And the theory behind this idea is that actually prayer creates room in our lives more than taking away. It's one of those things where you have to show up and it actually benefits with more room, more space, more presence, more connection to the God who sustains you, who can get you through the day. And alongside that beautiful idea, I understand the reality that a lot of us are really stretched for time. So can you take five minutes? Are there five minutes in your day? Can you try? Another way to pray um, is listening or meditative prayer. This is a, a great one if we've got um, less time than we would like. So if you're like, I don't even know where I would find five minutes, Jonah, then great. We'll try listening or meditative prayer because all it takes is one. Now, this one gets um, bigger and better the more you do it. There's kind of exponential uh, return on this one. But listening or meditative prayer is simply just stopping and pausing in your life. You can do it. I recommend not doing it while you're driving, but some people do. Some people do. It's fine. Keep your eyes open. <laughs> but I recommend doing it any time that you can actually just stand still with your feet firmly on the ground for a single solitary minute. If you can work in 
three or five or 15, all the better. But all you need is a minute. So take that minute and be present and just listen. Now, some of us feel intimidated by listening prayer because we're like, well, am I supposed to hear the big booming voice telling me to, you know, build an ark or have a Jesus or something? No. <laughs> God can be subtle and God is invitational and God is mostly just here with us. But think again of that analogy of being with a friend or a loved one. If you were moving around the room all the time as though they weren't there, what would that do to your relationship? Or if you're spending time with somebody and they do kind of become part of the scenery, how much does it change if you stop for a minute and just look at them? Attend to the fact that they're there with you. Maybe thank them for being there with you. It totally shifts the relationship. It shifts whatever you were doing. Even if what you were doing doesn't feel like it directly involves them, but to acknowledge, hey, we're here together. And that changes things. So that's the, one of the functions of listening prayer. It doesn't have to be big revelation. It's just attending to the moment, attending to what's around you. If you feel intimidated by just dropping everything, if you're somebody who has racing thoughts or somebody who wants a little bit more formality, you can begin this with a prayer, simple words, come Holy Spirit. I like to say it three times. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit. And then just one minute. And then at the end of your time of praying, you can conclude by just saying to God, thank you for your presence. If you would like to anchor yourself while you're doing that, if you know that even in one minute or three minutes or 15 minutes, you will lose yourself to the concerns of the day, focusing again on breath can be really powerful. I love a particular meditation. The word, uh, it's based on the word ruach, so we can throw that up there. Ruach, um, it's a Hebrew word, and, uh, and it's from the Bible. It means Holy Spirit, but it literally means, it's used to, to talk about the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, but it also literally means breath or wind. In the creation story in Genesis, one of them, <laughs> God creates humanity by gathering into the shape of a human, dirt and clay and earth. But it's just that until God's ruach, God's Holy Spirit, it's usually translated as God's life's breath, goes into the clay and animates it into a person. So we are animated, we are made alive, we are made whole and human by the very breath of God, God's spirit. God's breath is our breath. And so, when we breathe, we breathe in the Holy Spirit. And luckily, the word ruach has a lot of breathy goodness to it. And so, I like to think on my inhale, ru, and then on the exhale, ah. And it helps, too, if you even want to vocalize that ah. So, I'm going to have you take three breaths with me, okay? So, inhale, ru. Exhale, ah. Inhale, ru. Exhale, ah. Inhale, ru. Exhale, ah. Beautiful. 
And again, that's one way of just attending to God being here with you, God being in your lungs, giving you life, God being the person, the loving parent, the God, the friend, the companion that walks with you through your day, who is always there when you need to turn to them. And so taking some time to listen, to meditate. Again, this is something that's great to build into your day just once a day, a couple times a day, whatever you can manage, but to say, can I find one minute to look at God in the face, to feel God fill my lungs? So moving on to the next type of prayer, spoken prayer. This is the one that we most often think of. We think of the ways that we pray sometimes in church or the ways that we prayed perhaps over the dinner table or at bedtime. Sometimes we can be intimidated because this is the part where we feel like, I gotta get the right words. If you're uh, worried about that, I, I do want to encourage you uh, to, to check out the Prayer Week guide because I think it demonstrates there are so many different ways that you can show up to that prayer. It can be formal, it can be informal. But I don't want you to get caught up in the fact that everybody on here is a professional writer. <laughs> One of my favorite prayers, um, <laughs> there was uh, a kid who uh, was involved in a church that I was a part of growing up and he really loved to repeat things. You know, he liked to have certain repetitions um, that, that just worked for him. Little kid, on the spectrum. Greatest little Noah I've ever met. And uh, he loved to end prayers by just shouting, Go Jesus! <laughs> and if you've heard me pray before more than a handful of times, you've probably heard me say that, because I really like that. I'm like, yeah, go Jesus. And that has become such a fun and goofy way to be excited about God, that now when our, our band and some of the people who are helping out with the service, our MC and our testifiers, pray before service, now we always end, right, with a go Jesus. That is a totally legitimate and amazing way to pray. Um, I think that, that we, we get caught up because we want our words to be flowery or eloquent. We want them to be precise. And that can be great. Beautiful, beautifully written prayer is powerful. And if you are a writer, absolutely connect to that. But if you feel like you just don't have the words, know that, that you don't need to have the words in any type of way. The words just need to be real. They just need to be honest. And that is a thousand times more powerful than them being beautiful. So if you're unsure where to start with a spoken prayer, which, by the way, you can speak out loud, you can write in a journal, or you can speak silently in your heart. There's a little um, one, two, three guide that's easy to remember, that's a great place format to start with. It's help, thanks, wow. So we'll start with help. Like I mentioned before, we are encouraged in Scripture to ask God for what we need. If you look at the Psalms, which is a great place to look for different, um, uh, like our history of how people will pray, a lot of it is like, God, where are you? God, what is happening to me? God, things are bad. Like, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that in the Psalms. Because everyone who is human has suffered, and everyone who is human has needed the love and intervention and support of God. And so God tells us, like, like you would with a good friend or a parent or a partner, ask, ask for help. Tell me what you need. So we start with help. We say, God, I need you today. 
And again, that could be something beautiful where you describe the depth of your need, or it could just be like, hey, God, I need your help. Legitimate prayer. God, I need your help. God, I need your help today. God, I need your help with this meeting. God, I need your help talking to my mother. God, I need your help, whatever it's for. So after help comes thanks. Another pattern we notice in the Psalms is that no matter how bad things are, the psalmists are always finding ways to thank God. And though that might seem counterintuitive when we're feeling like we're really struggling, we actually do know that it helps. It helps to ground us in what's going on, to say, hey, God is a good God, and I know that I'm going to remember that and thank God for it. Or all is not lost, even though it feels lost, and 30 seconds ago in my prayer I said, God, all is lost. This is the great thing about the Psalms, because they can say out of, on one verse, like, everything is lost, and on, on a couple verses later be like, everything is great. And I love that because it gives us the freedom to move within that paradox and that tension to say, it feels, God, it feels like all is lost. And then in our Thanksgiving say, but I know, I remember. Thanksgiving is about remembering, remembering who God is. One of the tattoos that I have um, on my body was a gift from a friend. Uh, they gave me a stick and poke tattoo. And uh, so my friend, Renee, is a member of the Nuchalnuth tribe. And the Nuchalnuth are uh, a tribe uh, from Van like the now Vancouver area. It's an island off of what is now Vancouver. And they have a saying. So actually, the saying incorporates um, who, how they name God. God is referred to as owner of reality. So when they conceptualize God, they're saying God is the one who actually, in the end, is in charge of all reality. And the main saying of their, of their community that Renee gifted me with um, is Klukwana, which means we remember reality. And there's a whole series of ritual around that, around enacting um, a story of wolves coming to take members of the tribe and there being this strife, but always in the end they are returned because they say we remember reality. We remember who owns reality. We remember that God and creativity and goodness win out in the end. We remember. We remember reality. It's an act of thanksgiving and an act of revolution, really. To say, on the one hand, God, I have need. And on the other, God, you are good. I thank you for that. I know what I have. I know what is real. I am not lost. And out of that comes our third part, wow. This is sometimes called adoration by uh, more reverent preachers. But this sense of wow, like wow, God, there are amazing things in the world. Wow, God, you are good. Not only am I grateful for that, but I'm just going to sit here for a moment and take it in and say, wow. So we begin with our need, and then we remember what is good and have gratitude for it, and then we just sit and take in the goodness of God. And again, if you want to check my facts here, head to the Psalms, and you'll see this pattern over and over again of people who are writing the, the words that would become our Bible, saying, God, things are hard, things are horrible. My enemies are coming after me. 
I can, my, my, my mouth and throat are dry. I can feel my bones in my body. And then they shift. But you are good. And I praise you all of my days. And then they shift into that and they just stay. And they say, God, your glory is till the end of time. Your mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. And so, if you're ever unsure, you can just try out this pattern. Help, thanks, wow. And we'll move to our last type of prayer that we'll talk about today, body prayer. So this, luckily, we had this wonderful demonstration and practice today um, with our friends Eva and Megan from High Def Health. But body prayer is, if you're like, you know what, words just are not for me, or words are not for me today, I need to get into my body. It's the same principle of presence, right? It's the same principle of showing up and saying, something is happening here. I might be off, my mind might be off over here, but my body is grounded in this world that God has created, and I want to show up to it. And I might spend most of my day checked out, but I need to ground again. I need to get back to this body that God has given me, whatever complicated relationship to it I might have. It is the place where I live and the place that God shows up. God shows up in material ways. And so whatever that is, um, that could be yoga. Um, actually, technically, some of what we did today was yoga. So if you liked that and you've never tried yoga before, there's some yoga out there for you. Walking, sometimes just the movement of walking and then going on a walk, a slow walk. But with every step, I'm going to attend to God who walks with me. Maybe it's stretching or running or swimming. It's anything that gets you into your body with that intention. Maybe, as Megan was suggesting, you do it with music. If you're a music person, you allow the music to wash over you, you get into your physical reality, and you can see more clearly again, God is there with you. God is in every fiber of your being. God is the breath in your lungs. So whichever of these resonates, I want you to give it a try. Or, if you want to stretch yourself, try the one that resonates the least. Right? So, so I suggested that like, maybe if you know a lot about yourself, how you connect to people, that you might already have an insight about what ways to pray. But also, if you know the ways you want to grow, Maybe you're somebody who is really heady, really good with words. Maybe you know that you could write journal entries for hours or you could write a beautiful poem to God, but you have a hard time really showing up in your body. Maybe give yourself that extra little challenge. Maybe you're somebody who is so physical and so ready to move, but that stillness scares you. Maybe just taking that one minute five minutes, ten minutes a day to be still and listen is the prayer for you. Whatever the case may be, I invite you to just experiment this week, to take some amount of time every day for a week and see where it takes you. See if you can achieve maybe depth with God or maybe even just cracking the door and looking. If you're worried about belief, if you're like, well, I don't even believe in God, or I don't know if I believe in God, or I believe in God on Tuesday, but by Thursday, I'm like, nah. <laughs> no worries. That's part of this, too. And so just showing up, maybe, maybe you're showing up and saying, like, well, I'll say the words to God, but I'm not gonna, I might not be there in my heart today. That's fine. 
Or if you say, it doesn't feel right to direct this at God, so I'm just going to show up to this moment. That's good and holy too. So push push yourselves in the limits that feel right to you. Andrew said today that we want you to be comfortable. And in some moments, we do. In other moments, we probably want you to be comforted, but stretched, right? And prayer has that like dual side to it. Prayer can be so comforting and prayer can be so challenging. And so I ask that you would trust yourself to play with those boundaries and find what feels right between you and God or between you and the moment this week. We'll conclude today by praying out loud. Will you be in some kind of posture of prayer with me? openness of your heart, openness of your spirit, to receive what God has to say to you here in this moment. God, you are good. Sometimes we have the words, sometimes we borrow the words from others, and sometimes we sit in silence and groan, or sit in silence and listen and wait. God, we pray that you would reveal yourself to us in the coming week that your invitation would be met with gladness, that we could offer our fear or anxiety up to you, not with judgment, but with curiosity. And God, that we would discover new things about ourselves and you, our God, who loves us. In your name we pray, amen. Um, so if you want to stand, if you want to stay seated, um, just